Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, probably one of my favorite, most current, exciting topics, self-love. And as you may have noticed, um, I, I guess subconsciously or unwillingly have started a little bit of a new series where I combine these almost seemingly unrelated topics with ADHD I started with ADHD and Tantra. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you, if you're an open-minded person, uh, exploring uh, you know, alternative modalities and how to get be more present in life, more loving, I think it's a pretty cool exploration. It's raw. It's always you know, channeled or downloaded, if you will, not scripted, not prepared, as is this talk about self-love related to ADHD. And... I'm going to try to not babble around it too much. So I'm going to jump right into what is self-love. So I think in our society, we've come to accept that self-love is just sort of looking out for yourself. Like, you know, go journal at a coffee shop and take, you know, walks and meditate and pamper yourself and don't forget about yourself and remember to love yourself first all these things are great, right? And they are, in essence, if we're doing them for the right reason, with the right intention, they are to, in the moment, put ourselves first, right? So if a busy mother who is constantly dealing with children, you know, let's say a stay-at-home mom, I'm just going to use that as an example. Not every mom is a stay-at-home mom. So if, you know, let's not get bent out of shape, but I'm just going to use that as an example because it's a very hard job. And when, because I remember when we were raising our kids when, they're, when they were smaller, if we both stayed home or one of us stayed home, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a hard job. It's busy, 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 and the kids become the primary focus, right? The attention goes there. And so it's easy for new parents to get lost in that, not lost, but to be preoccupied, right? Mostly with raising the kids. The kids need attention. And so... There's not a lot of room, energy, time for ourselves. So often you see mothers take a bath or go out with friends, go get a glass of wine, get a massage, and, and it really restores something in them, right? They feel like, oh my God, I needed that time to myself, right? So yes, those moments are contributing to self-love in a, what I call, fairly superficial way. Because some people go shopping, right? They're like, I just went to the mall. I bought some clothes. That's my shopping therapy. I feel better. You know, I love myself. I, get a, I had to give myself some time or some new clothes or, or I went on a camping trip and all that stuff. All good. I'm not saying don't do that. That's part of it. The reason why I call it more superficial, because in order to truly love ourselves, we have to know who we are. Because how can we love someone or something that we haven't defined or we're not sure what that person, meaning me, myself, is, right? 
And so it is my belief, and this is truly my belief based on listening to many scholars and experts and mediums and reading books and watching videos, that ultimately self-love is almost like a circle. Like, let me explain. I believe that who we truly are, the essence of who we truly are as human being is love. To me, we are all part of, I often joke, we are chunks of everything that is. We are a part of everything that is. I believe everything is, the energy that everything is made of is love. Love is flow, which is the absence of resistance. So we are in flow, right? When we allow flow, we're being love. Now you may say, well, what about all the bad things happening out there? Not everything is made of love. Well, love can only exist when there's contrast. Just like light can only exist when there's dark and dark can only exist in the contrast of light. So yes, there are things that seem not to be made of love or loving in the moment, but they are simply there as contrast to remind us, remind, or as Neil Donald Walsh says in Conversations with God, to remember, right, to become a member again, a remember of love. And so that is my belief. If you can follow along with that, this may make sense. If you have a completely different idea of, of who we are as, you know, the essence of who we are as love, as source, I understand this may not make sense. But flow with me anyway and see maybe there's some nuggets there, right? So if we are truly source, chunks of source, and source is love, loving energy, because we all know when we're in love, when we're in flow, life is a better experience to us than when we are in resistance or not in flow or not in love. We may feel like when we're in the absence of love and there's hatred, pain, war, things like that, some people seem to get a quote unquote kick out of it. But even they ultimately know, because everyone has a conscience at some point, and I call this the judgment day, there's no judgment day as in like somebody's going to come in and say, well, uh, you're a bad person, you're going to hell. And I don't believe in that. I believe the judgment is always coming from our own conscience. And I believe that when we die or right before we die, our conscience always knows what we've done. And our inner self, our true self being love, always knows when we, when we were not being loving. And so therefore, in my opinion, hell is when our conscience reminds us that you're still resisting being love. You're still in resistance to love, to who you really are. The good news is, I don't believe there's hell because when we transition to whatever is next, there's another opportunity to let go of the resistance because I believe we return to being love, to, to the all existent, existing being or source or universe that is love. And then I believe we go to the next experience where again, contrast awaits us so we can create ourselves as loving beings. Hope that makes sense. That was a mouthful. So let's go back to self-love. So if we are love, then the only way to truly love ourselves, it's like, how do you love love? 
or it's very simple. We allow that love to flow. We don't put resistance between our inner self, our true self, that is love, and the world around us, the people, the events. We pull out resistance, and resistance can take on many forms. It can judgment, righteousness, anger, resentment, right? Those are all resisting ways of being. If we pull that out, if we pull all the resistance out, we allow ourselves to flow our love, because we are love, our love to anyone and anything around us. And then people feel that love and they get permission to do the same with themselves. Because who doesn't want to be around the person that feels like they are love and they are loving everyone and everything around them no matter what? And that's unconditional love. To not be loving based on a condition. As in, well, if that person wasn't such an asshole, I would love them. Well, if that person didn't do this or if this event didn't happen, I would believe in God. Or whatever the, the conditional way of loving is, actually, again, keeps us from really flowing with who we are. So it's almost like loving to just love because we are love. So allowing that love to flow out into the world. That is my belief that that is what true self-love is about, is to find out who we are. And when we get to the point of, oh, we are love and I can actually unconditionally love anything or anyone and I'm much more fulfilled that way. So why wouldn't I do this all the time? Why wouldn't I start working on removing the resistance all the time in any moment? So any challenge that shows up in life, we get to say, oh, interesting, here's a challenge. We call it hardships. How can I now rewire my brain to unconditionally accept, meaning love, right? Not having resistance in between me and the event, me and the person. How can I retrain my brain to do that. And for that, I recommend uh, Esther Abraham Hicks has a lot of great videos on that or Google or YouTube, any uh, thing around unconditional love. And really, love is always unconditional. If it's conditional, it's transactional. It's not really love. You've heard me say this before. So now, Roman, how does this relate to ADHD? Good question. If we are love, and if Resistance is the only thing keeping us from allowing our love to flow into the world, meaning into experiences or people or things around us, right? Then anything that can distract us from being present with the people in life, the events in life, and anything that hijacks Maybe that's, maybe I'm going to retract that word later, but let's go with it for now. Anything that hijacks our brain or our nervous system to take us out, to take, to rob us of the opportunity to, in the moment, remove the resistance and flow the love. Anything that distracts us or robs us of that, we should be, first of all, aware of. And then we should create, should, we can create structures to remove those distractions in our lives. And the reason why I use the word distractions is because as someone with a nervous system that's frozen or locked in defense mode, as Stephen Porges says, the inventor of the polyvagal theory, 
anyone like that that we in our society l- jump to label with ADHD or brain disorder and Medicaid and so forth, right? So anyone that has a nervous system that is perhaps frozen or stuck in a defensive mode, survival mode, right? has the opportunity, instead of labeling themselves with a disorder, instead of saying, well, it's a superpower. Well, I'm, you know, neurodiverse. You've heard me talk about those terms. I get them. Yes, they're okay, but they're still inside of a a limited perspective called it is a disorder. It is something that happened to me. So now I got to do the quote unquote best with it, of it, right? which is what we call coping, Um, coping and hoping, you know, but that's not thriving. There's a difference. So we have an opportunity as, and I include myself, because I certainly had a nervous system that was also stuck and, and, and still at times gets stuck in this defense mode or this freezes or it's easy for me to get distracted. It's easy for me to not finish projects. It's easy for me to run after the shiny thing, right? I still, I can own that still. And I see that in other people who label themselves with ADHD. So what I'm here to say is that it's actually an opportunity for us to start really analyzing our lives and say, what are all my distractions? And not laugh them off like, well, I know I spend too much time on Instagram or yeah, you know, I go to too many events and I go to too many bars and I go, I watch, you know, yeah, my my little thing is that I watch a lot of reality TV, but really to get straight about it. First of all, what are the distractions? And then the more important question is, what are we wanting to be distracted from? And a lot of those answers will come from therapy, whether it's talk therapy or alternative kind of therapies or uh, psychedelic therapies or plant medicine therapy, whatever the work is that we can do to go back into our past and to, uh, in, a, in essence, like, like a, you know, Sherlock Holmes, like dig up and discover what the traumas are, the events that we haven't fully processed, therefore we haven't really healed that part of us, because that will then allow us to say to our distractions, no thank you, I don't need to be distracted anymore, I can now feel my feelings, or I can now face my fears, or I can now be intimate with people, or I can now be okay with myself, and ultimately, how self-love fits into this, um, this, you know, if you will, uh, a claim or theory or download I had around ADHD and self-love is we're going to realize that we have been distracting ourselves from ourselves. We have been distracting ourselves from our true selves, which is love. We have been pulled out of the moment at at an early age, during childhood, there was a moment or a, a series of moments where it was not okay to be ourselves, where it was not okay to be loving, where it was not okay to be curious, where it was not okay to be sad, where it was not okay to be some way 
that we at the time wanted to be or we thought it was the right way to be as a child and we were made wrong for it or we were abused or we we, we suddenly mistrusted the people that loved us and so forth. You fill in the blank. Sherlock Holmes will dig up the, the evidence and put the puzzle together and you will know, right? We will know when we actively go back and we actively dig up and process and heal. We will know what for all these years we've been trying to distract ourselves from. And my theory is we've been trying to distract ourselves from being ourselves, which as I explained is from being love. And when we're being love, which I talked about, the absence of resistance in every moment in life, we get to be present. When there's no resistance to anything that happens, we get to stare the hurricane right in the eye. We get to stare the ex-wife right in the eye. We get to stare the angry neighbor right in the eye. And we get to stand there lovingly, meaning we accept it for what it is. And we respond, and that's what's called responsibility. We take responsibility. We respond powerfully in any given moment, under any circumstances, with any person. We respond powerfully and we say to ourselves, I'm going to put love in here. How can I just love this situation? What's there for me to get when resistance is pulled out? And distractions are simply a form of resistance. And when we consciously do the healing work and remove our distractions in our lives, we have to sit face to face across from our true self. That is love. And that's very uncomfortable at first. But the more work we do on that, the more comfortable it's going to get. And the more juicy and the more yummy it is to be with ourselves and to say, I love this being called me because I'm made of love. And so I'm just going to love because I'm made of love and I'm, I love loving. And even if this sounds kind of cliche or mushy, mushy, whatever, try it on. I've been in this inquiry now for hmm, over a year and a half. And I realized that the only thing I believe we need to master, I'll take it back. The only thing that I believe based on my experience so far in my 53 years on this planet is the only thing that to me makes sense to master, because I always put myself down for being a jack of all trades and master of none. Then I realized it's not a skill or a job or a career that I should master. It's mastering unconditional loving, being unconditionally loving with everyone and everything. And that is the access to attracting anything I want in my life. That's my belief. I know that's a mouthful, but I just wanted to explore this in a, in a quick rant, how I believe the lack of self-love is directly related to our inability to truly heal ourselves from this thing we call ADHD, but really from a nervous system that's frozen, that's stuck in a defense mode since early childhood. And it won't allow us 
to relax and be present in the moment because we feel constantly distracted or the need to be distracted from the present moment. When in fact, in the present moment, if we were fully present in every moment and being loving, which is who we are, then we would be so present and be able to pay attention to anything and anyone around us. And nobody would dare to look at us and go like, oh, that person has a disorder. That person's to this, to that. Because it would be non-existent. That's my theory. Anyway, thank you for musing along. Again, this was not scripted. This was completely what I call downloaded, channeled, if you will. ADHD and self-love. I do believe they're deeply connected, related, totally overlapping, and just worth an exploration. If you think so too, let us know. Send us an email on our website, www.adhdsover.com, or reach out if you would like to be a guest on the show. We're open to any guest that has an interesting experience around ADHD that is open to contribute to what we believe in. And uh, if you're a sponsor interested in you know, being uh, supportive of our show, let's talk. There's many ways to do this. You know, we're not about give us money and we'll put in your ad. We, you could also send products or you can promote something and we'll figure out a way. There's, this is not about making money here. This is about sticking together. This is about coming together as one, one united force of, of sharing what I believe or filling in the incomplete narrative. Uh, that's why we do this. So thank you for listening. As I always end with, your attention is your most valuable commodity and you've given it generously. Whether if you listened in for a second, a minute, the whole episode, a hundred episodes, uh, we appreciate all of it. If you liked this episode or other episodes, please share them with friends, family members, people you think this could make a difference with. And we appreciate you for that. And we hope you are back soon for more exciting episodes. Much love and create a magical day. Cheers.